Hey, welcome to the Unionville Chads Ford School District podcast. My name is Bob Sage. I'm a school board director, and my guest today is Pat Crater, who's supervisor of athletics at the Unionville Chads Ford School District. Pat joined us less than a year ago and is already hard at work raising the bar and improving athletics at our school district. Welcome, Pat, to the podcast. Thank you, Bob. Um, I appreciate you having me on this morning. Looking forward to talking sports. Yeah, we're here bright and early, 7.15 in the morning on a Friday. Uh, appreciate everyone getting up early for this. Uh, so, Pat, tell us, what does an athletic director do? <laughs> well, thanks. So, an athletic director, I was, I was at a conference um, a few years ago, and, and this, um, this experienced athletic director, I think she was from State College, PA, uh, she stood up and, and she was talking about when she got her first athletic director job and she was, she was talking to her, uh, her family and her niece says, wow, you get to go to all the games for free if you're an athletic director. <laughs> and she chuckled and, 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 uh, and she said, and, and yes, and, and so much more. And, uh, and so, so the whole room got a little bit of a laugh out of that because um, it is a lot more than, than just the games. Uh, the, the games are the end result. Um, that's the fun part. The whole job's fun, but, um, but I think what happens uh, between 7 a.m. and and uh, 5 p.m. before the games start is is really the meat of the job, and and so an athletic director, I'll break it into a few categories. Uh, as some would say the AD stands for all duties, so I will I'll try to um, I'll try to categorize uh, what we do. So a big part of the job is athletic operations, I'll call it, and and so uh, grades seven through twelve. We uh, we play in approximately 900 games. So, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of games. So uh, we'll just say that half of them are on the road and half of them are at home. So um, you know, a big part of the job is coordinating the transportation for the for the games that are on the road and the games that are at home. It's it's coordinating the officials. So uh, we make sure that uh, for all 900 games that. Um, that there are officials, there are buses, um, that there's a, an opposing team to play. <laughs> uh, and we take a lot of pride in making sure that, that our operations um, are, are successful. What we don't want to happen is for us to send a team to another school and, and they don't think there's a game or for a school to arrive here and we don't think that there's a game. So, um, so the operations, um, it, sometimes that can be a little tricky. Uh, the logistics when you're trying to coordinate facilities and and coaches uh, work schedules and and uh, the schedules of, of our athletes and 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 then also the the schedules of of our um, of our opponents as well and trying to and trying to make the stars align for for all the games that we have uh, so the operations that that's a big part of the job uh, I think that a program promotion is a big part of the job as well uh, we love to celebrate our program we love to celebrate our athletes, um, so so we um, we do a, a college signing day. That's just one example of, of work that we do to promote our, our athletes. Uh, we're on uh, we have a presence on social media and, and Twitter and on our website as well. So I think a big part of the job is is really sharing the story of Unionville Chad's Ford uh, sports and um, and so program promotion is, is an important. Uh, how many athletes do we send uh, to college with a some kind of an athletic scholarship? Well, so um, so on, I would say on average anywhere between fifteen and, and twenty, 
Um, this year, however, has, has been exceptional. We've, uh, in our fall signing day, um, I think we had uh, 16 student athletes uh, sign a national letter of intent and, and uh, they are all signed and ready to go. And then we had a, a winter signing day as well. And uh, it was a, another, um, another 13, 14, 15 uh, athletes. So, so this year is an incredible number of athletes. We're, we're very proud of those student athletes. And, and we'll still host another signing day in, in the spring as well. So we're expecting a handful of more athletes um, to, to go ahead and sign and, and take their, uh, their uh, academic and athletic careers at the next level. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so operations, promotion, uh, yep. what else? Uh, there's a there's a community engagement piece and um, and so uh, getting out there connecting with the stakeholders uh, working with the boosters I, I try to um, I try to connect with with those folks as, as often as possible um, so so we spend time um, even even just uh, uh, as we're doing right now just just sharing the story work uh, speaking uh, to our community members through through the podcast here, and um, and so I think that that's an important part of the job is is just connecting with the community, and uh, we have relationships with with uh, Longwood Gardens and, and the YMCA, and and um, we're sending teams to uh, USTC today and All Star Baseball, and and so um, it, it's not just here on campus. It's it's you know the job. The job extends um, outside of our boundaries here. I would say that uh, I would just categorize the fourth piece of the job into into other duties, and I, I think that the one thing uh, that I that I'd share with people is is the athletic director's role in the league um, because we compete in the uh, in the Chestnut League, and and so I have a role in that league. Not only do we have monthly meetings and there's a banquet at the end of the year and everything else, but I'm responsible for uh, chairing two sports. So I am the uh, Chestnut League uh, girls basketball chair. So um, I, I, I basically administer the bylaws of Chestnut girls basketball, and there's preseason and postseason meetings and all league voting and, and sportsmanship voting. And, and so I administer that. And then I'm also the chair for um, uh, track and field. So. And, and that's a big one because there, there's a big uh, Chessmont track and field meet at the end of the year. And, and uh, basically, it's my job to make sure that that runs smoothly. <laughs> so you talked about managing the operations, man, helping manage the league. How about managing coaches? That must be a part of your job too, right? Yes, yes, indeed. So, so uh, we have approximately 100 paid coaches, and, and we have volunteers on top of that. And... And so my job is to uh, recruit, hire, and, and supervise uh, these coaches, and and so um, so that that is that is a big piece of the job, um, definitely. And so you know I, I do my best to try to support each coach. I always tell the coaches that uh, the f- the first line of my job description says something about um, you, you know. Uh, um, the uh, how my job is, is supposed to meet the philosophy of the PIAA and the school and everything else. But I always tell coaches that at the top of my job description, they support the coaches and support the athletes. So um, I do my best to try to support our coaches, all, all 100 of them. Uh, we, we spend time uh, trying to recruit the best coaches. And then also, once coaches are hired, uh, offering professional development. 
uh, just as, as teachers have professional development, I think it's important for coaches to uh, participate in professional development as well. Great. Well, thanks, Pat. That's a good overview for me. There's a number of things there. I didn't realize that, that we're in the job, so it's, it's yeah. a big job. Yeah, it's a big job. It's fun, though. It's fun. So I thought maybe we'd uh, go back in time now and find out more about Pat Crater and how you got to this place uh, in this job. And maybe we can go all the way back and start with where are you from and uh, where did you grow up? All right, great. Thank you. Um, so I am from Reading, Pennsylvania. I grew up uh, right outside in the suburbs of Reading uh, near Albright College um, and, and near the Reading Phillies. So um, I guess I'll start there. I, I spent some time working at the Reading Phillies. I think that was my first job. I was, uh, I was a ticket taker. And uh, <laughs> How old were you at that time? I think I was 14. Okay. 14 years old. That sounds like a great job for a 14-year-old. Yeah, it was great. You get there early and you watch batting practice and everything like that. And then once the gates open, you take the tickets. And, and then um, I guess before all the technology and everything, we used to hand count the tickets. And that's how we would know how many people, what the, what the uh, what game's the attendance, attendance was. was. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of my best experiences at the Reading Phillies was uh, being a substitute bat boy. So I have six brothers and sisters. Uh, my younger brother was the bat boy for the Reading Phillies. And, and uh, there was a time or two where, where he couldn't make it. So I filled in. And it was neat being in the clubhouse. And, and you know, that was during the time where I think Pat Burrell and Jimmy Rollins and those guys were coming through. And, and so, um, so working as the bat boy was fun. But, but sports was just a part of my life. Like I said, I have six brothers and sisters. We all played sports. Uh, uh, whether it was a wiffle ball in the backyard or um, competitive sports, uh, individual team sports. Um, my family, um, they're all swimmers. <laughs> and I was a swimmer too. Okay. And, um, and I, I got sick of it because I, I never liked summer swim team and you'd have to jump in the pool in May and June and the water was freezing cold. And, and uh, so I, I swam for a few years and, and, then, uh, and then I retired from swimming. Um, retired I, a champion. Yeah, yeah. Retired yeah. at your peak. Yes. Um, I, I played baseball for a little while, um, and, uh, and, and I was the guy that whenever I was up the bat, I, I would hope that I would walk because I knew I wasn't hitting the ball to get on base. <laughs> so, so retired from baseball, played a little bit of basketball, and, and uh, did some of the same experiences with, with basketball. I remember this one time. Um, as the seconds were, were winding down in the game and the game was tied or something like that. And, and uh, I get the ball and I'm standing right under the hoop and I'm unguarded and, and I shoot and I miss. And <laughs> so basketball wasn't my thing, but I found my niche, I guess, and, um, when I was in middle school uh, playing or, or wrestling. Um, and I played football as well. And, uh, and so th those were my two main sports that... I played uh, throughout middle school and, and high school, and and some of my best uh, experiences in school are, are wrestling and playing football. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What, what are some of those experiences you remember most, uh, maybe as a high school athlete? So uh, I'll share. Uh, I'll share. Uh, I've, I have many stories, but I think if I'm if I'm thinking about some of the experiences, the, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind was my junior year in high school when uh, my football team, uh, we qualified for the district finals. And, and we got to go up to Hershey and play in Hershey Park Stadium. And, and it, was just, uh, it, was, it was just a great experience of walking in and, and playing in this venue. And the locker rooms are, 
are much nicer than what we were used to back at uh, back at school. And so, um, and so I, th- I think one of the coolest things about that experience wasn't really um, the outcome of the game or anything like that, but it was, I remember sitting in the locker room before the game and, and the coach gives his pregame speech and, and, you know, normally he's trying to get everybody pumped up and, you know, he's kicking the trash can and yelling and screaming and everything like that. Uh, but but this this was different, and, and he gave this speech about uh, the greatest sports movies of all time. And so he talked about Rudy and, and the other great sports movies. And then he started talking about The Waterboy, uh, which was this goofy comedy right, <laughs> from Adam the night. Sandler, yeah, Adam right. Sandler, yeah. And uh, I, I guess his purpose was to get everybody to relax a, a little bit before the, the biggest game in maybe school history. And and so it was it was that moment. And then I remember um, just prior to taking the field where the, the team huddles uh, by the goalpost and everyone's yelling and getting each other pumped up. And I remember somebody yelling, let's go. And... The, the one guy, on the, his name was Todd, he took it literally as in, let's go, let's take the field. So, so he ran out through the, the banner that the cheerleaders hold by himself. <laughs> and uh, I just remember we're all, again, this is the biggest game of, of the year and everything else. And, and we're all just laughing at, at our buddy who, uh, who ran out on the field by himself. But um, I just think that, you know, my best memories were the ones that were that were fun and, and meaningful. And and um, like I said, there's there's a whole lot of memories uh, from from playing sports. But, but yeah, me too. I mean, I was a, also a wrestler. Yeah, and, uh, I have I have both my fondest and my maybe my most painful memories. Oh, from, yeah. From from high school sports. I remember the first win I ever got in wrestling. I was a freshman. I was a. Uh, 85 pounds dripping wet wrestling in the 100 pound weight class so i was getting pretty pounded most of the year i think i lost every match until we got to the last dual meet mm-hmm. and I, I finally came up against someone who i could beat yeah and the whole team went crazy for me because it, <laughs> it was my first win it was such a great feeling that is great uh, and i also remember those matches where you know there are a few where i knew i was going to get beat and those were okay but it's the ones where they were close and and i feel like i didn't you know, maybe didn't rise to the occasion that still mm-hmm. still bug me. You know, I still think about it. It's kind of weird after 30, 40 years to think about things that happened when you were young and you wish you could have done them differently. Right. But sports is like that. I think it, it teaches you things like that. Yeah, yeah, the life lessons, it builds character, especially a sport like wrestling. There was a, there was a, a guest speaker here um, a few nights ago from the Positive Coaching Alliance, and, and he made a comment about how wrestling is one of the best sports for kids because of the character and and the life lessons that it teaches. Yeah. We actually have a few wrestlers that are competing right now at the, at the state tournament. We were up there last night in Hershey. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, just I'll put a plug in for, uh, for those guys who are, who are up there working hard and, at, at the Giant Center. Cool. So uh, let's shift gears and talk about how you got into the world of education. So you're a high school junior or senior. What, what did you plan on doing at that point in your life? Oh, man. <laughs> So uh, let's see. When when I was in high school, I um, I, I couldn't sit still. So um, I I guess I, I didn't I didn't love school. Um, yeah, I, I appreciated it, and I liked my teachers. And uh, some of my teachers described me as the kind of uh, 
kid that, that you got to love with your hands around his neck because I think I was just always antsy and didn't love to sit, uh, uh, to sit still. So I just uh, say that's not our teaching philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, just for the record. Uh, just for the record. Uh, thanks for clarifying, Bob. <laughs> but um, um, but I, I always knew that I wanted to do um, meaningful work and, and do something that I loved. And um, and so sports was was a big part of my uh, my high school experience. And and so it, in order to uh, pursue a, a career in sports or athletics, um, it was important for me to go to college. And, and so I said before that six brothers and sisters and there was no way my parents were paying for me to go to college. So I figured I would follow in my pop ups footsteps and and uh, pursue uh, the military. So. Um, so I joined the Army National Guard, and, and so I spent uh, six years um, in the reserves, and, and that was a way um, to pay for my college education and, and also be a full-time student at the same time. So, uh, so that was a great experience. Uh, 11 days after high school graduation, I still remember it. I'm, I'm on a bus heading to Fort Benning, Georgia, and, um, and that, was, um, th th that, was a, um, that was just a, one of those life-changing experiences for me. And, and so when I returned home, I got a job at the Reading YMCA as the youth sports director. And I guess that's, that's where it all started. I was 18 years old and in somewhat of an athletic administration role, and, and I loved it, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I got my teaching degree, health and physical education. Again, I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to do meaningful work, and, and uh, the fun and meaningful work is, is in school. So... Um, my first job was at Chatham Park Elementary School, and that was in the school district of Haverford Township. And, and uh, I liked all my jobs, but being an elementary phys ed teacher was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was hard, and uh, it required a lot of energy, but, but it, was also, uh, it was also a lot of fun. Um, I also coached wrestling, and, um, and then uh, eventually I had a chance to move to the, uh, the high school. Uh, Haverford High School. So I did four years at Chatham Park Elementary School, then I did six years at Haverford High School. Were you coaching wrestling at the elementary level, or is that just in the, no. the bigger district? Yeah, so uh, I, I coached at, uh, I was the head wrestling coach at Valley Forge Military Academy, and then I was an assistant wrestling coach at Marple, uh, head wrestling coach at Marple, and then I was head wrestling coach at Haverford. And, okay. And that was great. I was a, a teaching, coaching, in the same building, connecting with the kids throughout the day, the athletes, and and, and so that was great. I was also assistant athletic director at Haverford High School and class sponsor and, and whatever else they needed me to do, <laughs> I would do. So I had a lot of jobs there and, uh, and that, was, that was a great place. Um, I got my first athletic director job at Sun Valley High School and also Northley Middle School. Uh, so it was a similar model to what we use here in seven through 12 athletics. And um, again, just another great experience and, and I learned so much about athletic administration um, in my role there in the Pendelco School District, and and now here I am at Unionville Chadsford. And so, how did you get to Unionville Chadsford? What uh, I guess you saw a job posting. Uh, what interested you about it, and what did you think about this district before you had had arrived? Yeah, so uh, so I went to Westchester University, uh, not too far from from Unionville Chadsford, and and just being an education major, I think that everybody is is aware of of um, of, of the surrounding schools, and uh, no doubt, uh, you know, everybody knows that Unionville is a is a great district. Uh, it's a great district for for kids, it's uh, for the community, and and for staff as well, and so. 
I'm sure when I applied for my first teaching job, I probably threw through my application in here. We'll have to go back and see if yeah. HR has that on file. Yeah, 2006. Maybe, maybe went in the circular file. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, like I said, I ended up at Haverford. And um, and so, um, you know, just uh, Sun Valley is in the, is in the Chesmont League. Um, so, uh, you, you know, very familiar with, with Unionville just from league play. Um, even when I was coaching at Haverford, um, you know, just being in Southeast PA and, and District 1, Unionville's the District 1 uh, member school. So very familiar with, with Unionville and uh, just great reputation. And and then when you step in on the inside, I think the, the things that you think are true about Unionville are true. So when you came here, uh, I assume you... you knew some things about the district and about athletics in general. Um, what did you find here and what are you, where are you trying to take uh, the district in terms of athletics? Yeah, so I think um, <clears throat> what I found here are, um, I, I think that we have, we have very intelligent um, and, and motivated, very friendly kids here. Uh, student athletes, non-student athletes, and and, and they're just, uh, the kids are a pleasure to work with. I think that our parents and our community are, are engaged and they're involved and, and they're supportive and, and that's always a, um, a breath of fresh air as well. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, if I speak a little more to, to athletics and, and what my, my goals are, uh, my vision is, is really in this new model. So the, the district went with a seven through 12 model. I believe in the past there was a high school athletics program and a middle school athletics program. And I'm sure they liked each other and, and worked together and everything else. But, but this job, supervisor of athletics for grades seven through 12, um, you know, one, of, uh, one of my early goals here in Unionville Chadsford is to, is to uh, create a vertical alignment between our, our middle school and our high school program. So, um, you know, I've already seen our high school coaches sit on the bench at our middle school games, and I've seen our middle school coaches up at the high school uh, games. Um, our boys basketball team, they, they invited the middle school basketball team to one of their team dinners, and our coaches meetings 7 through 12 are combined. And, and so I think it's, uh, you know, some of the best athletic programs are ones where, you know, your, your, your middle school uh, feeder program is, is right there with your, with your high school program as well. What are the advantages of doing that? Uh, is it just continuity, meaning like the kids learn things, uh, maybe the middle school programs kind of run the same kind of plays or have the same philosophy of defense or things like that? Or what's, what's, the, what's the advantage to the, the students in the program of having that alignment? Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's a consistency and, and, and sure, the, the plays and the continuity and, and just a a familiarity with with the coaching staff and and developing uh, that rapport with the high school coach as a seventh and an eighth grader, um, but right uh, and I'll use boys basketball again as as the example. Our our middle school basketball coaches are using some of the same plays as as our high school basketball coaches, and and I think that that'll help um, those kids be successful as they get into the get into the high school. I also feel like outside of of the the game itself. Uh, seven through twelve athletics is um, is 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 uh, is great for our uh, parents and, and our community because uh, now some of the same expectations exist be, uh, and parents know what uh, what to expect when they come to the high school because uh, 
the, the, the some of the rules and the expectations are the same in, in eighth grade that, that you'll um, that you'll experience in, in ninth ninth grade and, and beyond as well. Great. One of the, the things that's interesting and challenging about uh, athletics, I think, is the whole concept of trying out for the team. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of kids do participate in sports, but also a lot of kids, and I think you experienced this, and I, I know I experienced <laughs> it, you want to participate in, in the team, but you don't make the team. Yes. Uh, what's our philosophy on that as a district, and how do we, uh, how do we manage that? Sure. So, um, so, so some of our sports, um, it, uh, cuts do exist, and, uh, and and no doubt about it, a cut stink, and and I, I hate to see it. I just, um, you know, I'll just use my my nephew as an example. He, he's trying out for uh, seventh grade baseball. It's, it's the first time he's ever playing an interscholastic sport. This is not it. No, a this isn't at Unionville, but it's just you know what what I see. Um, at home and at the family parties, and, and and our families experience the same things where the kids care so much about the sports, and, and there's a lot of time invested and everything else, and and then when you get to to um, to the tryouts and 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 you don't make the team, um, it's uh, you know for for some kids that's that's really tough. So the the philosophy behind cuts is really that. Um, with uh, with some of our programs, you, you just have to have a manageable roster size. So, uh, in a basketball game, there's five players on the court. You, you keep uh, uh, 10, 15 kids on the roster, but but there's 30 kids who try out, and and the the quarters are six minute six minutes long, and it's and it's uh, it becomes impossible to uh, give everybody the, the meaningful experience, and so. Um, the, the logistics is really what's, what gets in the way of expanding the program and having more teams. It, it would be great if we had um, 40 kids try out for the basketball team and were able to have uh, three or four teams for those kids to participate on. Um, but the logistics don't allow for that. So, um, Meaning what? Like we don't have enough courts to, for games and practices? Yeah, it would be uh, everything. Uh, 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 facilities, transportation, officials, um, but but I guess the the biggest obstacle would be is that even if we hosted four middle school basketball teams, uh, other schools do not, so, right. so there wouldn't be anybody to to play against. So um, so so cuts are tough, and 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 nobody and and nobody likes um, having to cut an athlete. But uh, what we do encourage our coaches to do is is uh, if, if somebody's going to get cut from a team, to, to have a conversation with that athlete and um, a little pep talk, um, some feedback on, on, on what they can do to improve their skills and, and also encourage them to get involved with something else at school. So, um, so our, our fall sports, uh, uh, football, um, cross country, two examples of sports where there's an unlimited roster size and, and Anybody can get involved, and and so, and so we, um, um, so so cuts are are tough. Yeah. Uh, different question. Uh, tell me about uh, booster clubs. How do booster clubs work? How do they support our athletic programs? And uh, where's the, what do booster clubs do with the money that that uh, members pay? Sure. Um, good question. So so booster clubs exist uh, really at the high school level only, and. And I was interviewing a candidate once, and one of the questions is, 
is uh, what's the role of the booster club? And, and he simply said, the role of the booster club is to boost. And, and that's true. <laughs> I guess that's well-named. <laughs> yes, yeah, I guess that's where it comes from, well-named, right. Um, so, so the role, role of the booster club is to, is to support the, the program, uh, the coaches, and, and really just the athletes. So the booster clubs, um, they, they uh, put on the banquet at the end of the year, they host the, the team dinners, the pasta parties, uh, they they spearhead um, senior night and and I think uh, some of the most uh, meaningful work that the booster clubs do is uh, and I think all of our booster clubs do this is um, they they host some sort of charity or philanthropy game so um, um, that uh, th- that that's good work of the booster clubs and and I think that some of the best booster coach relationships are, are where the the coach can can focus on the X's and O's and coach, and then the booster clubs take care of everything else that makes it fun to, to be on the team as well. So, um, the money that the booster clubs raise uh, goes towards the banquet. It, it goes towards um, those team dinners. Uh, sometimes there's a spirit wear or jackets or shirts that that they would um, that that the team receives, and um, and so. Um, there's also a piece where where the booster club would would uh, help supplement something that that the school doesn't and and so I'll just give one example our our swim team um, you know the school provides swim caps and it has the Unionville logo on it and they look great and everything else and and so I, in swimming now it's 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 really uh, cool to have your name on the cap as well I think you see in the Olympics and everything right. else so it was one of those things where we're trying to be financially responsible. Um, as a department, as a district, and, and so we say, okay, the district will pay for the caps, but if, if you want, you know, the extra uh, bells and whistles, if you want the name on the cap, that's something that we would ask the, the booster club to cover. Okay. I guess when it comes to sports and financials, I've heard two competing philosophies, and I'll, I'll express them in probably their most extreme form, just, <laughs> just, to, just to see, kind of probe you on this. Mm-hmm. I guess one philosophy would be the mission of our school is to provide a thorough and efficient education for our students. Mm-hmm. And in, in an extreme version of this, you could say, well, education doesn't include athletics. And so really the school district shouldn't be spending any money on athletics. Mm-hmm. And if we are going to have sports teams, those should all be come from, uh, I guess, private donations or booster clubs or maybe be non-school activities like URA, club, mm-hmm. club sports. Uh, I guess uh, on the complete other side to it, you could say, well, sports are an important part of what we offer uh, our students to be, to have a full experience and to mm-hmm. learn things that you can't learn in a classroom. And physical education and athletics are an important part of being a person. And so if we're gonna develop the whole person, we should have sports and arts and other things besides just strict academics. And if we're going to do those, then the taxpayer ought to fund everything that's needed, including, you know, the swim cap with their name on the back. Uh, how do you kind of balance those two philosophies, or where do you come down in your thinking about it? I, I believe that uh, athletics is is an extension of of the school day, and that and that some of the uh, the most valuable life lessons are are learned on on the the playing field or in in the gym, the swimming pool. Um, and that uh, and that character is is really tested all the time in athletics. So, um, so when you're thinking about 
uh, well-rounded students. Um, I, I think that athletics uh, really, really gives that that piece, um, that character development piece, that lifelong lesson piece. Um, you know, uh, how, how to uh, how to overcome adversity, how to manage your time, how to communicate and work with a team, and and all those life lessons. Uh, like I said, are, are learned on the field, and I think that that's a that, that those are important lessons for for kids, and and um, and then of course, uh, as you mentioned, the whole uh, health and and physical uh, activity component of, of sports as well. And I just, you know, when I think about my own kids, and and so I think this about our kids here at Unionville as well. I, I think at the end of the day, um, when when I think about what do I want for our kids and. And you could say uh, we want we want to win a championship, or you could say that we want a more college-bound student athletes. But if we just really want to uh, simplify this uh, for my own kids and and for our kids here at Unionville, I, I just want kids to be happy and healthy. And I think that um, I think that athletics provides a, a great place for kids to be happy. Sports are supposed to be fun at the end of the day. Uh, Teams want to win, coaches want to win, and kids want to win. But but it's just supposed to be fun at the end of the day, and then we want our kids to be happy and we want to be healthy too. And and sports provides a, a great uh, uh, avenue for kids to um, that uh, to be healthy and, and it promotes physical fitness and and um, and and healthy uh, diet and and mental health and and everything else. Okay, good. Thanks. Uh, tell us what it's like to be a coach. Uh, in Unionville Chadsford School District, uh, yeah. So, um, so coaching isn't uh, so coaching isn't what it what it used to be. I think uh, back in the day, it, the the coach shows up on the first day of practice, and and they have uh, the bag of balls, and 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 they practice Monday through Friday, and uh, and and every, everything's great. And at the end of the season, you you pack everything up and and you go home, but. But coaching these days uh, is 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 almost a year-round job, and and so um, so 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 what it's like to be a coach at Unionville? Well, they uh, the expectations are high, and 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 that's a good thing, and so like what kind of expectations? Well, I just, I just the the expectations for uh, the the commitment level, um, like I was saying, it, it it's. Uh, it's more than just the regular season now. There's an expectation to uh, to put in some work in the off season with the teams. Um, there's an expectation to um, to to uh, uh, communicate with with families and and I guess that's a normal expectation. But um, there are uh, professional developments that the school is requiring. There are um, there's trainings that the PIAA requires. Uh, there's there's trainings that the uh, there are rules interpretation meetings that District One requires, so it's um, it's it, it's just a lot more than just showing up from three to five o'clock and, and coaching. There's evening meetings. There's uh, like I said, off-season meetings that, that occur, and and so uh, coaching's a lot. I think that I think that it's it's fun to coach at Unionville. Like I said, a, a great kids, great families, and and uh, but but the expectations are really high for coaches. What does it take to be a great coach, or maybe differently, when you hire a coach, what is it you're looking for? Well, I think we're looking for, first of all, uh, somebody who is, I'll call it a kid person. Uh, you have to know kids, you have to understand kids, 
and you have to uh, know how they think, uh, which buttons the, the, the push to, to you know, get, get the most out of kids. And so uh, we want coaches who are, are kid people. We want coaches who like kids. We want coaches who, um, uh, who have a, a knowledge of the sport, of course, and, and who are able to teach the fundamentals of, of sports. Uh, we want coaches who um, are good communicators, uh, effect, uh, establish those effective lines of communication, uh, who have that level of professionalism, uh, and, and we want coaches who understand um, that at the end of the day, uh, you know, safety's first and, and this is supposed to be fun. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face in doing your job? So some of the biggest challenges that I face in my job, I will, um, from a, I guess from a, a larger perspective, we have, we have 23 high school programs, we have 19 middle school programs, and we have three club programs. And as I mentioned earlier, we have 900 games and, and 1,300 athletes. So um, oftentimes there are four or five events going on at the same time. Uh, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And so this is a good challenge, uh, but, but it's important to me to, to try to be at four places at, at one time and, and make sure that I'm, I'm showing uh, my support for, for all of our programs and all 1,300 athletes. And so, and so that, that's a good challenge to have. And, and then at the same time, uh, try to be a good father as well and, uh, and make sure that um, you know, I'm taking care of my kids and, and putting in uh, putting in the time that I need to it at home as well. So, like I said, it's a good challenge, but we do have a large athletic program here, and um, and I just want to make sure that that all of our our coaches and our athletes and our family um, get the get the support that they deserve. You mentioned earlier, Pat, that the the community you found the community to be very supportive of our our kids and our our athletes and our coaches. What else could our community do to help you take athletics where where you want to? What else, what could our community do just to better support the program? Yeah. Um, so, like you said, uh, yeah, our community is supportive, and and so what they could uh, better do, I, I would just. I would just say that if, if our community can continue to um, sh share the the Unionville Chatsford story, um, uh, really support our coaches and, and support our athletes, and and so when the community recognizes, you know, the hard work that the coaches are putting in a year round, as I mentioned, uh, late in the evenings and the weekends, and and then of course the hard work of our athletes as well, um, and and just be able to to support uh, our student athletes and, and everything that, that they're trying to do. Um, that, that's, I think that's really what we, what we ask of our community is, is just to uh, spread the good word and, and support our kids. With such a large program, I would guess there are, are situations that come up that maybe parents aren't happy about. For example, maybe their kid's not getting playing time and they maybe think they, they should be getting more. Mm -hmm. Or maybe uh, they feel like the coach isn't developing the players as much as they should. Or maybe just the team isn't winning, and it makes people sometimes unhappy. <laughs> as, a, as a parent, what, what would you advise a parent to do in those situations where they see something that maybe they either wish were different or think could be done better, or they have a concern? Sure. Um, so uh, if there's a parent with a concern over playing time or wins or losses, um, you know, I think that 
one of the best things a parent can do is encourage their child to, to speak with the coach and, and, and have a, a, a good old-fashioned conversation about uh, whatever the concern is. So if it's about playing time, child can speak to the coach about what they can do to, to improve and to get some more playing time. And, and sometimes those conversations j just don't work. And, and if that's the case, then you know, we would encourage a parent to, um, to uh, have, a, have a conversation with the coach themselves. And, uh, and sometimes that would, um, that would include me, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I feel like when those conversations occur early on, um, the, uh, everybody can, uh, there's a better chance of people ending up um, in, in a good place after that. And, and overall though, um, and again, I understand that uh, you know, we want to be competitive and, and that uh, people put their heart and soul in the sports and some travel the country to get training and invest a lot of money. And, and scholarships are important to some families, but on the other hand, um, it's it's just high school and middle school sports, and this is, is this is just supposed to be fun. So I try to communicate that often, and just make sure that we have things in perspective. That that uh, these are our kids; we want what's best for them, of, of course, um, and and that sports are supposed to be fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's really good advice because when when you were um, the first thing you said for the student to talk to the coach. I think yeah. it's really important because uh, my impulse as a parent, maybe this is uh, <laughs> emblematic of our era and current parenting style, my first impulse would be, I'm going to go talk to the coach. Mm -hmm. I think having the student do that is really the right way to start the conversation. It yeah. helps them build responsibility and mm -hmm. have adult-like conversation with an adult. Yeah, yeah, and, and those conversations occur more often than you'd think, and, I, and, I, and even more often than I'm aware of, uh, because um, those conversations happen, and, and then um, you know, both parties have a better understanding of, of each other's position, and then they move forward. Right, good. You, you've been uh, around athletics, you said in District 1 and in the league for a while. Uh, how do our facilities at Unionville Chadsford compare to other districts? Oh, good question. So, so our facilities compared to other districts, uh, I guess it depends on who you're talking to, really. Yeah, I got a uh, funny story on this. I used to live in Houston, and uh, right outside Houston, there's a school district called Katy. It's pretty well known uh, in Texas. It produces a lot of NCAA athletes. And they, they recently built a $76 million football stadium for their high school. So uh, I guess compared to them, maybe we're not, uh, not up to speed. But. Right, right, yeah. And, and, so, uh, and so I say, I guess it depends on who you're talking to or who you're comparing to. Um, the one thing I can say about our facilities is that, is that they're well-kept. I, I think that our facility staff, uh, Mark Klein and, and his staff, the head custodian up at the high school, um, that's one of the first things I noticed when I came here in July for the first time. I walked in the building, and, and it's, um, it's very well-kept. It, it's very clean, and, and so um, it, that just creates a nice environment for, uh, for our students here at Unionville. Uh, but I would say that our, our facilities... Um, they, uh, we, we have some very nice facilities. Um, I, I think that there's a room for improvement in some areas. And, um, and so I think if the district is, is committed to, uh, there's a 10-year plan out there that includes athletic facilities, um, I, I think that that'll help keep us, um, help keep us on par, above par with, with some of our neighboring schools. So what's on that 10-year uh, plan for facilities or, or what are some of those things that maybe we could do uh, with community support? Yeah, so I, I know uh, right around the corner there is um, 
Uh, there's a turf and a track replacement. Uh, the, the current turf that we have is, is on its last leg, and, and so that's, uh, that's coming up. Um, there are pieces on the 10-year on the plan where it's just a, a field, uh, field repair in general. So I, I know next year we're going to be working on one of our middle school baseball fields that, that, that definitely needs some work. Um, I believe somewhere in the plan is, is something about the press box. I, I think that uh, sports these days and, and our programs have outgrown uh, the, the current press box. There's all kinds of uh, live, uh, live streaming and radio broadcast, and there are more and more people that need to be in that press box for various reasons. So, so that's on the 10-year on the plan. And, um, and so, like I said, you, um, being committed to that 10-year plan can, uh, I, I think, uh, I think will uh, will help our athletic program. I think one other thing that the school board has talked about is potentially adding a second turf field. What would be the advantages of having a, another turf field? Sure. So, um, so just uh, I, I think scheduling wise is 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 big. Um, again, I think uh, like I just mentioned that our athletic program has has grown over the years. Um, there are. There are more teams. There are more uh, sub-varsity uh, teams now. We have a JVB field hockey and freshman baseball now. And, and I don't think those sub-varsity teams always existed. So, um, so right now, uh, the logistics behind scheduling are, are, are complicated. And, and so we try to um, give all of our, our teams uh, equal access to the turf field. And, and we're just not uh, – it, it becomes very difficult to do that. Uh, now with with the one turf field and and more and more sports in, in 2018 are being played on on turf uh, only for the most part and I'll just use field hockey for an example that is a um, that is a uh, a different game on on turf field so uh, those athletes those coaches are are asking for the turf a hundred percent of the time and 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 that that just can't happen because we take into consideration our football team and our soccer teams. And so, um, and so now what's happening is, is practices are, are uh, later and later. We, we usually do a 315 to a 515 and a 515 to a 715. And if somebody really needs turf time, they're even on later. And so student athletes are getting home later. Our athletic trainers, uh, our athletic training staff, they're working later. And so... Um, and so, lots of implications. Yeah, I, yeah, for, I could talk. <laughs> Well-being well of coaches and students and families. With, yes, with yes. Those, with those odd practice times. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Okay. Well, it's something I think we uh, look forward to hearing more about uh, at the school board and from our community because it's a it's a big investment. Sure. Uh, but it seems like it would have a lot of benefits as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, I think. Uh, one of the last questions I want to ask is about technology. I'm kind of a tech guy. Yes. Um, what what has what changes are coming to the sport from to sports from technology? I was actually I, I was at so I was at the Giant Center last night for for wrestling and and I was looking around and I was I was um, I was wondering how many college coaches are here right now scouting and and probably not that many because of the technology that exists now and. And so there's, uh, there's one program that we use here primarily at Unionville for capturing film, and, and that's called Huddle. 
and almost all of our uh, sports teams are using huddle right now and, and again that's how you capture film and then coaches can go in and they can break down the film and they can uh, make notes and everything else but what's great about it is that um, athletes also have access to huddle as well so they can go on and watch the game right. film and, and see make their highlight reels right? yeah yeah and then that's what they do from there they make their highlight reels and then they send those off to, to college coaches and so um, that's one of effective way of of uh, capturing film and analyzing film and everything else and and going back to uh, the hard work that coaches put in it's funny because after a game and and I'm I'm uh, um, on a lot of our coaches huddle page for whatever reason I'm included on those but after a game it'll be nine or ten or eleven o'clock at night and all of a sudden I'll I'll get a message in my email saying that coach so and so has uploaded the uh, the playlist so, so these coaches are working uh, you know as, as soon as these games are over to make sure that they're uh, analyzing the film and breaking it down and everything else but uh, so there's great technology out there for that I talked a little bit about the live streaming that happens and the radio broadcast that happens and. And, um, and what I think is great, and one of my uh, goals for athletics at Unionville is to embrace the entire school. And, and I think that sports um, isn't just athletes. I think it, it can be uh, any student. And so uh, Mr. Ortega, one of our tech ed teachers, he does a great job of, of setting up a radio broad, or I'm sorry, a live stream. And uh, he posted the YouTube, and, and it's really student run. And, uh, and, and so that's, uh, that's exciting to see those students involved. Um, there's effective lines of communication um, um, that, uh, that require technology. There's uh, the different apps. There's the Remind app, which, which helps coaches be able to communicate with families. There's a Team Snap uh, app that helps coaches be able to communicate with families. Um, so, so there's a lot of technology uh, out there that, that makes uh, life a little easier. I'll also say that our athletic program just moved to an online sports registration a platform called Family ID, and this allows our families to um, uh, eliminate the paper physical and register online. And so we rolled that out this spring, and we've had over 600 uh, successful registrations for our spring sports. And and there were a few uh, a few families who needed some assistance, and we were happy to do so. But uh, that's just another way that technology is uh, helping out in our athletic department. Okay. So any final thoughts you'd like to leave our community with about the athletic program at Unionville? I just, I just want to thank everybody. Um, I'm, uh, the, I'm new here. I, I started in August and I feel like it's, it's been a warm welcome from our parents and, and from our athletes. So, so I really appreciate the support. Um, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to the, to the uh, athletic staff members. There's uh, Jody Weaver in the athletics office and, and, and she does so much for, for the kids and, and our program. Um, our athletic trainers are some of the best around, Joe Vogler and Kathy Walshell. So, uh, so definitely want to make sure that, that they get recognized. And and our grounds crew, Paul Heron, he's he's one of the uh, main guys in the grounds crew, and and everybody else that gets those fields ready for our kids every day. Uh, Dave Boyer over in transportation, he, he plays a big role in in athletics. And I already spoke about Mark Klein and the good work that he does, and just the administration, the school board, and. And I think that uh, athletics at Unionville is great because of, of, of all the people who, who pitch in and, and help out. So uh, we are very grateful for, for the people that, that surround our athletic program. Well, I'll second that and uh, yeah. agree with you. It takes a lot of people putting in a lot of effort to make the program successful. Yeah, yeah, sure does, sure does. Well, my guest today has been Pat Crater. Pat, thanks for joining the Unionville Chads Ford School District podcast. Thank you very much, Bob.